Well, why don't we uh, why don't we get the show on the road? Yeah. All right. You want me to do the thing? Yeah. I mean, that's how we start this show. <laughs> All right. The following podcast has been paid for. By... <laughs> I'm not even saying anything. You're like looking at me weird. Um, I was just looking at you. All right. All right. <laughs> I'll look over at the puzzle. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> the following. <laughs> I'm I'm looking at a jigsaw puzzle. I'm not even looking. All at right. Jigsaw. All right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. The following podcast has been paid for. By the Wrestling World Order. Hello and welcome to episode 43 of the Wrestling World Order podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm Sean. Man, and I I think the WWO might take away their sponsorship money from this thing, considering how many times it takes Sean to do the intro. It wasn't too bad. It took like less than a minute. (laughs) Oh, man. The editing. The editing. the, the, The... the trials and tribulations of editing a podcast. I could I could maybe teach a master course in it now. Anywho, um, yeah, we're back. We're back for another episode of the wrestling podcast that you all want to hear. Uh, it's, man, there's been a lot going on, a lot happening in the world of wrestling. And, um, of course, uh, we're leading into WrestleMania season, so there's some topics at hand with that. And mm-hmm. we're going to dive into some of that. And, uh, but I, I think on the forefront of everybody's mind or a lot of people's mind, not only WrestleMania, but, uh, the news that came out recently about Cody Rhodes and this is, um, this is weird. I gotta say. Yeah, it it came off. It's like quite a bit of a shock. I wasn't, I wasn't expecting. Uh, you know, I I thought like when he had, um, the ladder match against Sammy. Like, okay, I mean, he's obviously you know like he's got some sort of contract or something. They re-signed him. Like he's you know they're just kind of playing around. And then this news broke. And even then, I I I thought like, okay, there's still a bit of skepticism on my part of like, is this a uh, quote unquote work? And I, uh, you know, and a lot of news sources, a, a, a lot a lot that are probably like in the uh, in the in the back pocket of uh, Tony Khan, I uh, are reporting this thing, and I'm like, okay, I'm not going to believe that he has left until he appears like in another promotion, primarily in WWE. Right. Uh, but more and more as things came out, I'm like, all right, it, it does sound like he, he and, and Brandy uh, left. Right. And I mean, this whole thing about him always talking, Oh, you think, you know, the story uh, where we're headed with this, but it's going in a direction that you don't think it's going and all this stuff that, 
I mean, for months we've been dealing with this like weird Cody situation on AEW of of like these odd storylines and uh, yeah. these um, startup stories stopping and then starting up again and all this weird shit that they've done with him and we're to this point where apparently he's no longer with the organization which is just it's weird it's fucking weird man and i was pretty i mean just negative about him as were a lot of people i mean like like people were booing him i think because like they were sick and tired of him you know he's he's there he's not there he kind of doesn't seem invested the, the, um, all the stories were so cookie cutter. It was like and, the same thing over and over and, and over yeah. again. It felt yeah. like it felt like Hulk Hogan back in the eighties when, like, you know, he'd face Bundy and then Kamala and then you know, and Big John Stud, and it was the same story over and over again. You know, an Orndorff. It, it kind of felt that way. Like they would bring these guys in, and Cody would be like the measuring stick that they would all have to face first, you yeah. know? And, you know, when, when he did that with uh, Alistair Black and uh, Archer and, uh, I mean, Brody Lee, and, uh, I mean, the list goes on and on, where they kept doing the same thing every freaking, uh, every freaking guy that came in had to face Cody first. And, and he ended effort. up getting his win back too. Like uh, Cody yeah. would lose to some some of these guys, not all of them, but and then he would ultimately get his win back. I mean, it happened against Brody. It happened against uh, uh, Malachi Black. It happened against um, hmm. oh gosh, uh, I'm trying to think who else. Uh, it, it, it Archer, just, right? Uh, Archer, I don't think, uh, I think he just won outright. Um, so, I mean, it just wound up being this thing that like, it was repetitive. Um, and yeah, I mean, somewhat like Hogan in that way. I mean, uh, Hogan was sort of like, I mean, the, you know, top, top guy. Well, I, I say Hogan just cause like, like a, in like a sense of like, it just being very cookie cutter vanilla. Yeah. Kind yeah, of storytelling. I, I that. And I, I think I, I the fans got the fans got sick of it, you know, like they got yeah. bored with it. And that's why that's why some of the Cody hate uh started, you know. I feel like people were just like, oh my god, this is just and you look at the ridiculous the point promos of too. I mean, that went along with it. I mean, the the one for uh, uh ahead of Anthony Yagogo, and then there was the uh the the way off uh, thing, the where they, I mean, that disaster of a, a of a sketch or whatever. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, he was putting together some good matches in, in you know against yeah. some of these guys. Some I of mean, the matches were good, like the yeah, payoffs yeah, in the I mean, ring were good. But the like, last match against Sammy, I thought was great with yeah. the with the ladder. Yeah. Uh, but I, some of the stuff know. in between the matches was the issue. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we talked about. I think I one of the previous episodes that rambling promo to to lead to the to lead to the uh, the ladder match against Sammy and how ridiculous oh, yeah, that thing like was. Proceeded the name off like everybody in the company and like put them over, right. and it's like just to finally get to talking about the ladder match with Sammy and it's like 
Yeah. It was so like long and overblown and just it, it, it I, I was just right. very sick of them at that, at that point. Um, I, I'm curious. I mean, if by all accounts, he's going to WWE, I, I, there hasn't been anything yet, um, that he is, there's been some, I guess, references dropped, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's what uh, I've heard. Know, I haven't watched, but yeah, I, I haven't watched. So. Well, let me clarify. I haven't watched Raw, and I think they made some references to him on Raw. Yeah, yeah, I haven't watched either, but I heard about some of the references being made uh, to him. And I, I, I suppose I mean there's a sense of intrigue, but then I wonder, okay, what's the character that I mean? Wh- who are we getting? Um, right, right. That that's that. a good question. And the other question is, is, I mean, when they started AEW, actually prior to when they started AEW, when he left WWE and all the stuff that he said about that organization, and then when they started AEW and all the, all the stuff that he said and all the actions that he, um, that he did that were so anti WWE, how in the hell does this guy think He's going to come back to that organization and they're going to treat him with any level of respect. I I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. I don't know. I mean, lots of people have come kind of come back under the good graces, like even after saying a bunch of stuff and not, not necessarily as like active wrestlers, you know, they come back as like, legends far far like way pet for like a hall of fame induction but they've said awful things for years like i'm thinking like bruno san martino for instance yeah. like you know he wasn't too kind with some of the things that he would uh, had said and was kind of out of you know really you know there being a, t- a lot of acknowledgement about him um until his like hall of fame induction and I, this is a bit different in that, like Cody, presumably he's coming back as an active wrestler. Um, I so. so I, I, I wonder, I, I know we've said off pod that like, you know, perhaps one of the good things, if he, if they throw him back in the Stardust gimmick, the, uh, the costume uh, covers up the neck tattoo. I've seen a few people say that. Yeah. Um, But I mean, let's be honest. I mean, over the years, what they've done to his family is pretty horrid. I mean, the gimmick that they saddled his father with, with I mean, that his father had this acumen of being like one of the most charismatic and great workers of all time with, I mean, great on the microphone, all of this stuff. And then they try and fuck him over with this polka dot thing, which yeah. he still got over. Which anyway. he managed to get it over. And then what they did with his brother, Dustin, right? With with that Dustin, yeah. Dustin still got gold dust over anyway. But yeah. that they try and it seemingly they already have something against the Rhodes family to begin with. Yeah. So I mean that they're not giving them th- these amazing gimmicks that they give other people, right? Yeah. But that they're already doing that. And then he does this thing. I mean, 
he he comes in and he breaks the throne with the sledgehammer, right? Right, right. Very all of this looking throne. Yeah. Right, right. All of this other stuff too, that I mean, kind of goes along with that. And then he comes back to them. I mean, I I'm sorry, but I think this guy's gonna if he comes back to WWE. He's going to be like fucking like just treated like bottom of the barrel scum. I I just I I can't see it any other way. I I I don't know. I mean, uh Jim Cornette had an interesting uh thought on this. Like if they are interested in signing other talent from AEW, will they do that? Cuz Cody has his like you know, has the ear, I'm sure, of a lot of other people in AEW. And True. you've got to think, if if there's some unsettled talent, which I'm sure there are in AEW, I mean, you know, there's people that have not been featured for months and months and months that are maybe looking for a spot, you know, Cody might have the ear of them. Right. And... You know, would the WWE treat Cody badly if they know that, hey, he may be able to kind of serve as like a middleman between them and those those men or women at AEW for them to come over? So Jim Cornette had kind of set, indicated that on his podcast that like he's not so sure if WWE would do that, um, you know, just kind of th- I get what you're saying, yeah. though. Like he's coming back after saying all of the stuff, and after you know, after the last two, you know, two, three, four years or whatever of you know, kind of bashing and and everything like that. But I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's certainly yeah. intriguing to see what I, comes out of this. Yeah, but I mean, if you're a Maxwell Jacob Friedman or a Darby Allen or a Hangman Adam Page or uh, Britt Baker or some of the some of these other top young talent that they have, right? If you're at that level, and you you know you think about it, right? And you go, well, you know what? I'm making really good money in AEW. Tony Khan is opening the wallet and you know handing out the handing out the ducats, right? If I see that, but I'm also like. You know, Cody's kind of bending my ear a little bit, but don't you have it in the back of your mind that you look at like what they did with like talent like Keith Lee and Karrion Cross and uh, some of these other Adam Cole, you know, some of these other guys that maybe, you know, I, yeah, I mean, Adam I, Cole I, never went to the main roster. There's only no. rumors about what they were going to do. Otherwise, Adam Cole was the top guy in NXT. Well, I think the whole thing. I mean, I know you don't watch being the elite, but the whole there's a whole thing about um, oh the being the manager and what being the manager and uh, they have a couple of the guys in the Dark Order. Uh, what's the, the the short little bald guy? Oh, um, John Silver. John Silver, and then one of his partner keep calling him Budge. And I think that's the name that was proposed to Adam Cole. It, and they keep referencing it and using it in like the, the, the skits that they do with uh, Adam Cole. And, you know, I mean, you look at that and you kind of go, 
Okay, yeah, you might have that opportunity, MJF or Darby Allen or Paige or Britt Baker, to go main event WrestleMania. But you could also end up, after five years, being a Keith Lee. Conversely, though, devil's advocate here, I mean, I'm not so much talking about your Darby Allens, your Adam Pages, your Britt Bakers, who are featured week in, week out. I'm talking about your, you know, your uh, AEW Dark, uh, you know, featured players who haven't seen a minute of uh, time on uh, Dynamite or Rampage in three, four, five, six months. There, there's some there that could, yeah. I, so, I, I don't disagree with you on that. You know, there, there, there's but, that. Like Darby Allen or MJF, I would be pretty, if I were them, if I were in their shoes and I, my contract were coming up and if there were interest from the quote-unquote other side, I'd probably be a little bit more like, eh, you know what, I'm happy here. I have good screen time. I have good, you know, like storylines. I'm I'm right. yep. feeling good about where things are. But if I'm, you know, somebody else whose contract is coming due or that Tony Khan just kind of lets it expire, um, I, I'm maybe considering it. You know, if somebody calls me from WWE, if uh, whoever, John... Laurenitis or Bruce Pritchard or whoever the hell calls me. Oh, I, hey, I, <laughs> hey, Darby, Darby, I have a job for you. Yeah, uh, I, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll send I'm a contract. That. I'll send a contract to you. What you do know, you say, Darby? There, there is a John reason. There, there, there is a reason why uh, AJ Styles, Kevin Steen, Sami Zayn all opted to res- resign with WWE. Um, there's stability and money mm-hmm. and also, you know what? I mean, albeit whatever people want to think, all three of those guys are featured yep. week in, week I, out. I won't disagree shows. with you on that token. You know, regardless of what people think of what they're doing with them, they're featured every week. Every I, single week. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you. The stuff with Sami Zayn is engaging. It is. It I really think, is. I, He's one of those guys that is leaning into it. No matter what they've given him, he has leaned into every single thing and I think is doing a great job with it. And I think he's where he can expect to be. I mean, what what would be like, I mean, the, the, the biggest excuse or the biggest thing that I hear is like, oh, well, they're not used to their fullest potential. Well, you know, people go over to AEW and, and okay, they, they, you know, are they used to their fullest potential? I sure as hell don't think Jay Lethal's being used to his fullest potential. I, I think, I, I mean, personally, I think that's changing with him specifically. I mean, like we talked about, I think an episode or two ago, the match that he had on uh, Rampage was really good. And I think that'll lead to more. Uh, I hope but, it does. I do. But yeah, I, I, um, I, I think that's probably going to change. I think some of the culture might change a little bit, and maybe some of these guys will get better shots. I also hope, and I mean, we we've beaten this to death, but I really do hope that they get more TV time, like, at, yeah, for, for the whole company. I hope they get at least another couple of hours somewhere so they can feature these guys, not on a freaking YouTube channel, but like. 
TV. That nobody's watching. I mean, it, you know, it, yeah, yeah. It, it can be hard. I mean, I know how difficult, and hell, I don't watch because I don't want to watch like three hours of Raw, you know, because of what the program is. But the hour and a half is fine for me, and that's what I can manage, and, you know, I'm very often behind on it, you know. But it, it may be, you know, difficult for them, but it may be necessary for them to add, like, an extra hour or two during the week, an extra yeah. hour on the rampage. Uh, you know, that might be what would be good for them. Or, you know, or do they have something? I mean, I think of, like, WCW. Um, but it can be, it can be tough. Like, uh, you know, you have, you know, Nitro and Thunder and Saturday night. I mean, they got ultimately phased out Saturday night and main event, um, because it was too much. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, I just, I, I don't know. And when you think about that, you know, yeah, he's kind of in like a bit of a guest spot with Jay White, but the fact that they've. Now they've signed uh, apparently Swerve, and they've apparently they're also signing Jeff Hardy, and they're you know they just brought in Buddy. Uh, what what is he going by? Buddy, Buddy Matthews. Buddy Matthews yeah. and Keith Lee, and you know it's yeah. like there was already. I mean, we've been talking about this for weeks that there's already too many people. Yeah. Um, so. And, yeah, I wanted to I wanted to look this up just I mean because I, I like to work in facts right and let let let's try and do that we you know too often you hear podcasts and they'll just like spout off things and they won't like actually do research and I mean podcasts the audio format that we're in it, where we're not recording this live I like to edit things so we can we can drop this fact in while you were talking about that. I went and I looked it up, right? They have 3 million um, subscribers to their YouTube channel, okay? Okay. And that's, that's a nice chunk of number, right? But it is. It, subscribers. That doesn't mean they're necessarily watching everything. Right. So when you get to the hard facts about it and you look at, like, the dark and the dark elevation programs, they're averaging somewhere in the two hundred to 300,000 range for – uh, those videos when they the the episodes that's not too shabby actually that's it, actually pretty decent it's not but like i mean i it's like a quarter depending on the viewership of dynamite let's say that's a quarter to a fifth of the viewership right, right. of those programs which i mean it just kind of for me it speaks to well, you know, not what you said about not having a program on YouTube, but having it on television. Yeah, but, but I mean, to build maybe some of the younger people that you have in on your roster on those programs is a good thing to have. I don't necessarily agree with what they use them for currently or what they had been using them for. Like when we went to the event in Rochester, and I mean, they were just match, 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 match right. on those programs, it didn't necessarily lend itself well, I felt, to, like, a really good program. No. Now, no. if 
in some way they do get like more time on television to feature some of that grade A talent that we've been talking about, then those YouTube shows can become almost like they're developmental, like they're NXT. That's yeah. that's what I would like to see. That's where I'd yeah. like to see it go. I I think that would be preferable if they had that. That makes yeah. it maybe the show a bit a little bit more intriguing for for me to watch. I mean, going and and I I watched when it started like uh, dark, and I was like, okay, like eh, maybe I'll give this a try. And then when it be definitely became more of like the quick jobber matches, I'm like, eh, I'm less interested to watch. It's funny. It's, it's funny. Like prior to COVID, it actually was better. Like yeah. it started out like they were they were furthering storylines and they were having like bigger matches on it. And then all of a sudden it delved into like jobber central. Yeah. And but I was just like, this is like almost like interest. a for glorified WWF superstars. Yeah, I mean, there's less of an interest for me to watch that. And then, like, it's cemented when we, like you said, when we did go, I I was like, oh, I'll be curious what, what it is that we're uh, going to see because I haven't watched Dark or Elevation or whatever in months and months and months. And it was just, okay, <laughs> I see that I haven't really been missing anything. Right. Um, and it was unfortunate because, I mean, there were people that we saw on, like, featured on Dark or the, that was being taped for Dark that mm -hmm. it was like, you know, it would have been people that I would have liked to have seen on the main show and more of a, you know, a, a certainly yep. longer FTR or Santana and Ortiz or, you know, that, that kind of thing. Like, I, I would have liked to have seen some of those guys. And, they they just weren't, and uh, I I agree with you. If it was something, if it were something that it was more of maybe a developmental show where you got to see like maybe some storylines and things like that, and storylines that are going to intrigue me. I mean, not a a a, a feud like we kind of got a little taste of between Joey Janela and Sonny Kiss. Um, I'm like that eh, that. Uh, when we saw that in uh, here at home uh, in the show we went to, I was like, well, that, that's not really drawing me into watching uh, uh, right. Dark. Um, it just, it was that presentation. It was just, okay, match after match after match. And I mean, what we saw, not even an exaggeration, we've said it on the pod before, probably a solid dozen matches that we saw them fly. They couldn't through. even get the previous match out of the ring fast enough to bring the people down for the next match. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was yeah. comical, like just to watch that. Yeah. Um, but I mean, we, we didn't say that we were going to talk too much about AEW tonight, but um, I, I mean, it, it kind of lent itself into like the Cody talk, but I, I'm really intrigued to see where it goes with him. Yeah, uh, I mean, if he does end up in WWE, man, I have a whole lot of skepticism about what they're going to do with him and how they're going to handle some of the stuff that he's previously said that's been pretty strong and anti-WWE. I just, oh my God, I, yeah. I just feel like, I feel like he's going to kind of go down a path that's maybe not the best for him, but... 
I could be I could be fucking wrong. I don't know, but it just seems like not like the best move. I mean, you had this up and come. It just it, it just kind of it's so weird. Like you had this up and coming organization that you are a part of that you helped build, and you were there for what like three years, and you're done. It's very yeah. just strange. I mean, there's all sorts of rumors around, like, well, like, he didn't like that, like, the uh, creative uh, was sort of, uh, part of it was taken from him. He didn't like that part. Uh, He wanted, there's other rumors that, well, he wanted uh, punk money, um, you know, and and that, and and I don't know, there's all, these are all just rumors and speculation. There's only, you know, certain people that know what the truth is and that's tony khan cody rhodes and uh you know probably a few other select people that really truly know like what what this was and brandy probably you know like that Mm -hmm. that's that's probably about it um so people like to speculate and toss out rumors and stuff i don't know i'll be interested to see what they do i'll i'll be interested to see like i said what version of Cody are we going to get? You know, like what, what is it that we're going to see? Will it suddenly change or shift the opinion, public opinion of him? Um, You know, and the thing is, is like the, a lot of like the, you know, uh, AEW, like that strong AEW fan base um, is a lot of like maybe a you know quick to shift on people um and it, you know and and i certainly shifted on him just out of uh not even like so much of like uh it was a lot of like the stories and the ridiculousness of it but not necessarily his like matches and i was like looking for like okay he's gonna turn heel he's gonna turn heel but then when he started like saying like I am not going to turn heel. I'm just like, oh, dude, like it, you're just kind of calling attention to it. So I'm, I, I, I'm curious to see what they do, you know, and and perhaps he leans into it. I mean, you know, Dustin certainly leaned into Gold Dust. I, I don't know if I necessarily just back on him a minute. I don't know if I necessarily agree that like I don't. Like, I don't know, like, if they like, okay, we're going to give you this. It's going to be, I think back at that time, I mean, there, there are stories about, like, Vince wanted it to be androgynous. And I don't know how much, like, Dustin was, like, ready for that. Um, but, I mean, he certainly leaned into it. And, I mean, they pretty quickly, if I remember back to that point, like, whenever that was like 95 i re- i mean i remember them pushing him pretty quickly to like the intercontinental title i mean he was in like a program with like some you know like razor ramon and whatnot fairly quickly um yeah. so i mean I, know, I, I i guess to like a point sean i mean you yeah know, I, he, I, he, he did do a great job of making the gimmick successful and I mean, but oh, it, I mean, it could have gone a different way. That stunk quick. No, no. I mean, it, 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 in a sense of like that, 
they could have given they could have given him you know like something that would have like shot him to the moon as far as you know being in the world championship and you know contending for the world championship and all of that but they didn't um it, it always felt like in that vein of like a like a gimmick that would be like for like an intercontinental kind of championship, yeah, yeah. not a world championship. Like, right. I mean, if you think right. of like, um, I'll get like a case in point, like the Mountie. Yeah, yeah, I I get what you're saying. Um, and I think a lot of it is the guy, the performer that's doing like a good amount of work. I don't disagree with you that maybe like. You know, and there had been stuff with, um, you know, the Rhodes family and whatnot. But, uh, you know, I'd, I'd argue that maybe, you know, not so much with Dusty, but with Dustin. I mean, the most over he's been in his, in his career and as great a performer as he is. I mean, even now to this uh, day and age. The most over he's been is arguably as Goldust. Um, oh, certainly, certainly. I mean, he uh, he did take that character and made it a success. Yeah, but what don't I was get me wrong on is, that. There's something you know to be said about the performer. I mean, you know, you could look at another gimmick, which I mean, it's a guy going in their Hall of Fame this year. That if I look at the gimmick on paper, it's. <laughs> It's quite a bit ridiculous when you like go back in retrospect and kind of think about it, you know. Oh, sure. You know, undead zombie guy. It's like, all right, is the Undertaker going to be a success? Uh, you know, a successful gimmick, but the the man behind it, he he worked it and he leaned into it and he made and he made it his and he you know he got gold from it i mean mm-hmm. I, yeah no but i mean I'm, I'm not disagreeing in the sense of what you're saying about treatment of the Rhodes family i think there's been some questionable stuff over the years and uh you know certainly i mean with cody in the past like i you know i thought stardust was pretty awful you know and i i I did like the dashing gimmick and I like some of the stuff with, uh, you know, with legacy and whatnot. Like there was some good points, some really good points in his career in WWE, but I, I do agree. I think him coming back, it's certainly if not for anything else, it is really very intriguing what's going to happen here. Cause this was, this was very unexpected. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So let I I I, I kind of feel like we need to put a pin in that topic. Yeah. And see where that heads. So I like before we I know we wanted to put a pin in uh, around the Cody discussion, but before we do, um, just to ask a question: Where do you think, um, Cody, if he is going to WWE, where do you think he shows up? Does he show up before uh, ahead of Mania uh, to set up a match, or does he show up like the uh, the Raw after Mania? Oh, see, that's kind of tough because, I mean, I feel like if he was going to show up like for a match at Mania, they probably would have 
um, built into that, like maybe like an elimination chamber. Yeah, I, I feel like I mean your 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 clock is ticking to get mm-hmm. somebody back in your organization and bring them back into the fold and get them into a, like a program quick. Yeah, I feel like that that part is the 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 thing that kind of uh, um make makes me skeptical on if they could actually get him back for like a mania match. I feel like yeah, I kind of I agree there because um it feels it feels like he'd be sort of pigeonholed into a sort of a story in that way. Like, oh, you're just going to be somebody's partner. Oh, you're just going to kind of show up and whatnot. Um, I think you're post raw. Your post your your post mania raw might be the uh, the best bet. Because you even think historically they've done some big debuts at that post uh, post raw uh, mania. I mean, even dating back to like you know, mankind debuted. Um, Brock Lesnar coming back. Um, gosh, uh, Goldberg coming, you know, like in 03, like that, those were some big, uh, post, uh, post raw mania, uh, debuts that they had. Um, so I, it feels like it could fit in there. The other thing is, is, I mean, this is the first time somebody's made, uh, presumably made the jump. Is there, is there any kind of like non-compete in like AEW contracts? I mean, I wouldn't think so because I mean, they allow people to kind of work for other companies, but if somebody leaves, like, is it, is there anything similar? This was like, uh, I mean, this wasn't a sense of like where, they'd let him go like early from his contract. This was a, his contract was over. With. Ran out. Yeah, yeah. True. True. So probably not. So he's good to go where, uh, where he wants to go. Yeah. Okay. I would have, I would have hoped I, I was kind of hoping that maybe we would see him come back like at elimination chamber and maybe play a part in the, uh, like the chamber match or something like that. Yeah. Um, but it didn't really fit the storyline either. And right. I mean, if you wanted to have like somebody make like a big impact, um, it would have, it would have had to have been like ginormous. Like, and we'll, we'll get, we'll get into the chamber match or in the event in a little bit, but like he would have needed to like uh, taken somebody out of the match and taken over their spot and won it. Or maybe he took, he somehow took Lashley out of the match and then won it. That's what I would have. Yeah. That's what I would have wanted to see. Like, especially if they were going, I mean, Again, this goes back to it. This goes back to that question that I asked. If they really do want him, oh, look at this. We poached this guy from AEW, right? If they want that as a thing, 
then this this um return has to be like ginormous. Yeah. Um but uh, yeah, I I don't know. I I, I think I think it's got to be like a, a gigantic return um, of some respect. I don't think at this point it's way too late in the game for it to be a mania return. Yeah, yeah. I, so the next best thing is post post mania raw is yeah. really the the next event. Yeah, I feel like I mean we're. I mean, we're going on. I mean, the the big show is, uh, um, not Paul White, but I mean, we're talking. It's a big show. (laughs) I mean, we're talking uh, what, like four or five weeks away, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's gonna come up fast. Yeah, the big show tonight. So yeah, just uh, yeah, I I more so pose that as kind of just interested because I mean there's a there's a lot that could come about it, but that's I mean that's kind of that's exciting though. I mean, and just sort of seeing what uh, again, like when is he going to come? You know, to WWE and um, well, I know uh, I mean Brandy's not necessarily going to be on there with him, um. I'm but, sure you're disappointed at that. Oh, sure. We, you know, I mean, I think the the biggest disappointment out of this is that we did not get to see the uh, end result of the uh, Brandy and um, oh my god, the Dan Lambert uh, feud. Well, yeah. I mean, she was supposed to have the match with um, what's her face. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what's her face? Uh, the uh, um, America's Top Team uh, female wrestler there. Yeah, but uh, alas, we'll never uh, get that uh, a classic. No, no more. Again, I gotta. I can't even remember what the hell her name is. So I gotta look it up again. And no, uh, no more promos. I th- I think that's the thing everybody will be missing. You think? Oh, Jesus. Most train wreck of uh, promos between Lambert and Brandy? Oh, maybe. No more of those. I, I mean, mean, unless, uh, you know, Brandy goes back at some point to uh, AEW. Yeah, you never know. You never, ever know in the world no. of wrestling. No. Oh, uh, Paige Van Zandt. Paige Van Zandt. That's right. Well, never. never so this is like the second episode where I had to go back and look it up because I couldn't (laughs) remember what the fuck her name was. That should tell you a whole lot about that whole program. That whole debacle. Yeah. 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 Paige Van Zandt. Uh, Which I, I, you know, you ask me a week from now, I still won't remember it. Yeah, that's I'd okay. probably have to look it back up. Look back, yeah, yeah, look it up. Yeah. Do we want to uh, dive into elimination chamber then, or? Uh yeah, we can talk about it for a little bit. Um, 
So I just kind of wanted to bring up the results. Um, yep. So Elimination Chamber, uh, the event uh, emanated from uh, Saudi Arabia. Yep. Yeah. It, it, it was all right. It was kind of, I mean, just mediocre, if that. <laughs> it wasn't really that good. I... I just, I, 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 I mean, I know we'll go through and maybe touch on each of the matches, um, but overall, I just kind of found the event, like, nothing really special. Uh, The end result, though, um, I find intriguing. It's more like the how we got there to the end result is kind of the part that I found to be mediocre which which is too bad but I yeah I mean I figure we can go through like the uh, main card yeah yeah so you had uh, Roman Reigns uh, faced off against Bill Goldberg um, for the Universal Championship pretty quick match yeah kind of what I expected it to be um, as far as I mean I, I really do hope that this is maybe the end of this whole Goldberg experiment. Yeah, for like the modern day Goldberg. I mean, I, I think, I mean, from what I've heard that this was like the last um, of the matches in his, I guess, current deal with them. Okay. I mean, I it was mercifully kept short. There wasn't thankfully anything that was like, you know, nobody got hurt. (laughs) Um, I wasn't, it wasn't wasn't bad. It just wasn't very good. It was just kind of very, eh. um, and, and I mean, it wasn't even like, you know, there was like short, like I, I, you know, at mania a few years ago when Goldberg faced Lesnar, it was short. But it was good. Like it was what it was surprisingly good. They went out there and they had, you know, the the kind of match that they should have had. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, when talking about this, it just was very meh. Uh, but yeah, the, the the match was just nothing special. I mean, there was actually like a point at the end where um Goldberg put his hand like on the rope and it should have been like a break from like the guillotine. I think, Mm -hmm. I think I'm pretty sure. And yeah, it just, there wasn't anything really stand out to it. It, it, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Roman has had far better matches in this run and yeah, (laughs) that's pretty much all I got to say about it. That's just, all I got to say about that. Yeah, it was mercifully kept short. Uh, next up was the women's elimination chamber match, which showed uh, Bianca Belair defeating Alexa Bliss, Dewdrop, Liv Morgan, Nikki A.S.H., and Rhea Ripley. Uh, I mean, the only issue I had with this was... They've been doing this whole thing with bringing back um, 
Alexa Bliss and running this whole program with her. Yeah. And then they put her into this match and she ends up losing. And I was just like, I I didn't I couldn't really get behind that. Um I I I do like the concept of Bianca Belair maybe getting her rematch shot at WrestleMania and all of that concept. It, it's not a bad idea. I just uh I, I don't necessarily know if I liked um if I liked uh Alexa Bliss being involved in this match at this point. Yeah. I agree. I, I mean, I think that Alexa maybe could have been kept for, like, put somebody else in there, mm-hmm. um, not Alexa, and then had her come back or return for, like, something else, you know, or in another match or a match at Mania or build up to something, you know, something else. I, I yeah. Um, I do like though because there was a lot of criticism about Bianca and how she how she lost the title, and it's like okay, well this gives some of that redemption you know story arc type of thing, and I I like that Bianca wound up winning this um, in that sense because uh, a lot of people were critical about uh, how she lost at SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. And, and at that moment, yeah, I think the criticism was fair, um, you know, that Becky came back and it should, you know, it should have been so much more. Uh, but then hopefully now we, we get that and we get that on uh, on the stage at Mania. Um, right. Yeah. So, you know, the, the thing is about this is that um, – the eliminate like this match itself, like the elimination chamber. I mean, it, it's not a criticism necessarily of who was involved or like their performances in a way. I I, I don't know if it's just a thing of like with this this type of gimmick nowadays, like if it if it necessarily works or in that environment, because it just didn't seem like the chamber itself was used a whole lot. No, uh, not really. At least in this match, uh, like in the women's one, the men's maybe slightly more. Um, but I found that the women's one, it was kind of just sort of like it was there. You could have you could have just not even had it in the chamber, and really it wouldn't have made a difference. Um, so that's the only that's really the only thing is is like I like the result in a sense, apart from like the Alexa stuff. But not so much like, you know, again, the match was, it was fine, but it was sort of just like, eh, kind of like, eh, it it was okay. Uh, Next up was uh, Naomi and Ronda Rousey uh, facing off against Charlotte and Sonya Deville. Uh, The stipulation in the match, Rousey had to have her... uh, one arm tied behind her back. You know what? This may surprise you. This was probably my favorite match of the entire event. Uh, the only minor quibble I had is, is I felt like they needed to do a better job of tying her arm behind her back. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. Otherwise I think it furthered the storyline between Rhonda and Charlotte. 
and it's going to lead to their match at Mania. I didn't have any issue with that beyond how the arm was tied behind the back. It it kind of it kept taking me out of the match a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Um, you know, I just I just liked it as far as like just in being a tag match and in being like it, it just the the structure of it i i suppose that like again with the elimination chamber matches it was just more of like maybe expectations of what a chamber match should be versus what we got mm-hmm. and this was okay i was like this is entertaining in a in a sense i i i I uh, had no issues with this uh, tag match, it, uh, you know, and who was involved with it. Um, mm-hmm. and it. And it furthered some storylines. Right. Yep. Uh, next up was um, Drew McIntyre uh, versus uh, Madcap Moss in a false count anywhere match. Yep. Just kind of generic. Just, I mean, yeah, generic uh, modern day kind of false count anywhere. I think this did, unless it happened on like Raw or or SmackDown rather. Um, was this the one where like uh, Moss got like dumped on his head? Yes. Yeah, like a bad looking like. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, and the guy is pretty well built. I mean, so I don't know if, like, some of his, like, you know, just being in good shape probably helped so that, right, like, yeah. you know, his neck wasn't broken, but, I mean, yeah. it looked it looked pretty it looked, bad. Yeah, they actually even showed it on uh, – I, I, I didn't realize that he got dumped on his head until, like, SmackDown on Friday, and they showed it, and I went, oof. It was yeah. pretty harsh. It was pretty bad. Um Again, just kind of like a storyline, furthering a storyline kind of match. Not anything great, just kind of there, you know? Yeah. And, and it's and unfortunate, it, like, I, I don't feel like they have a lot right now for uh, McIntyre. So no, he's just kind of like middling around in this story. It seems like, I mean, it's going to just end up leading to him versus Corbin at Mania. Right. Yep. Yeah, I could I could see that happening. Yeah. Um next up was uh Becky Lynch versus Lita. I I I mean not a huge amount of issue with the match. I got to say that Lita actually put on a pretty decent show yeah. uh, for being, you know, basically retired and being, you know, put into this match. It seems like I feel like the cuz I mean a lot of these um cards at Saudi Arabia, like the government there obviously is paying a lot of money to bring WWE in. Um, Mm -hmm. They just want to see like these people that maybe haven't performed in a number of years. And maybe Lita was one of those people on their wish list. And uh, it wasn't holdovers from a bygone era. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't bad. It just, it was just kind of so-so. I mean, if okay, if that's what you wanted to see, you got the greatest hits of Lita, and 
I thought it was fine. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, 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 again, I agree in that sense that it wasn't anything that was like, you know, bad about it. Um, it was just sort of like, yeah, I, I, I think that's a good way to put it. The greatest hits of Lita. And mm. I, all right. Like not nothing that really, again, that uh, stood out to me. I thought she did. I, I thought she performed uh, pretty, pretty well. And yeah. Um, both did. I, I thought they put on a, a, a you know a good little match there. Yeah. Uh, next up was supposed to be the Usos versus the Viking Raiders. And, and I was the, really no kind of, Yeah, I was really kind of disappointed in this because I, I I wanted to see a good tag team match, and basically the Usos attacked the Raiders before the match started. And it went to no match at all. Right, right. There was no question that it was going to... I was like, oh, man, they attacked them. Oh, maybe they're going to send, like, a surprise team down or something like that. Nope. As soon as the, like, the attack was just about finished and Corey Graves has just, like, fucking ruined it all, just going, well, I guess we're not having a match. (laughs) And... I just went, oh, okay, I guess we're yeah. up for, I guess we're up for the chamber. I was like, it kind of was like disappointed me. I was a little like, oh man, that just kind of blows. You think that was kind of like the plan as a whole, or do you like or do you think they kind of uh like called it because they ran long or something? Or I I kind of wonder about that. Like if that was the plan for that to happen, or if they were like we're like, well, we gotta cut this match, so you know, just uh, we'll do an attack kind of angle. I, I gotta think. I gotta think that was like the plan. Well, I don't know, man. I, that's a good question. I, I mean, in this day and age, you're not really like uh, hindered by pay per view time. Yeah, I mean, they kind of. I mean, it, the only thing I could think of is if there's some guidelines around, like, events or something there, or, or, or what. I don't know. I mean, obviously, like, you know, with WWE Network and whatnot, they kind of, like, can right. sort of dictate what they got. They're not constricted by, like, pay-per-view and, you know, back in the day, like, okay, we You gotta, had to be out by 11 p.m. Right. Like we have to be out and or I mean as WCW found out in uh what ninety-eight, uh <laughs> they got cut off. Um mm-hmm. you know, and WW WWF WWE's always been really good with that kind of thing. But uh, the these days and streaming and network and peacock and whatnot, they haven't had to worry about that. But I, I just wondered if it was maybe more of a thing of like a restriction around like in Saudi Arabia or events held there or something like that. But well, I, I, I do know. I mean, it, when it's uh, time to pray, I think that they have to. Everything stops. Right. But maybe they work the events around that so they don't. Yeah. I'm not so sure. Yeah, I don't know what time that they like. They uh, don't conflict with that time when they they create a Yeah, I yeah, I'm not familiar with uh, that part of the culture. 
So I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean that's a good question, John. I I don't know exactly the answer, but um, yeah, I mean it, it may have led to why they caught it. It, it could have been something to that effect, or they just uh, I don't know. I, yeah, I I don't know. <laughs> but then it led, like you said, led into the uh, the chamber. Yeah, yeah. So you had. Um, Brock Lesnar, Bobby Lashley, AJ Styles, Austin Theory, Riddle, and Seth freaking Rollins in the Elimination Chamber match. Which, on paper, I was like, all right, this should be a pretty decent Chamber match. And you're also thinking, I mean, at the time, Lashley's the champion. Um, and you're like, all right. Uh, Lesnar's already going to Mania to face Reigns. Right, right. So you're like, okay, so where? what is this going to lead to? And evidently, I mean, what we find out after the fact is Lashley apparently had an injury. So they basically take him out of the match. Did he get injured in that spot in the match, or was he injured going into it? Into the match is what I read. Okay. So that made more sense. So you end up with that happening, and, um, you know, I, I kind of thought it was maybe a little bit of a detriment to the match. Um because I didn't really feel like any of the people involved really had a good opportunity to beat Lesnar in this match. Yeah. Or yeah. a good opportunity, a good chance to. I I, I just don't, I, I, you know, you, you try and suspend some disbelief, but like sometimes you just look at something and just go, yeah, these guys probably don't stand much of a chance to win this match in all honesty. Probably the only one I'd argue with, just because he was in the in a match recently, if you take Lashley out of it, I would say would be Rollins. Because um, he yeah. recently with Reigns, mm -hmm. and he's been more so positioned as kind of being that um, player. I mean, Theory is not there yet. Riddle is not there yet. Uh, and Styles, I think, is kind of in that place of like, he's he's going to be like a kind of a go-to sort of there, but like, yep, he's not, he's not your guy that's going to end up like winning um, this match. Agreed. Um, it, yeah. Um, this wound up, I mean, being a little bit better, I thought, than the women's one in use of the chamber. Um, it, <laughs> I guess I read something. I didn't read into to it fully, but I guess Lesnar went a little bit off script is what well, I Well, yeah, when he, when he escaped from his pod, he wasn't really supposed to do that. Yeah. That wasn't in, like, their plans. <laughs> Which is and, kind of nuts because he sort of busted out of there. Right. Like, like he was like the Incredible Hulk. Like, uh, I mean, maybe he just felt like it would uh, play better into the match. I, I don't know. But, I, yeah, I, I kind of disappointed on this one. 
I don't I, feel like they really needed um, the match between him and Reigns to be Universal Champion versus WWE Championship. I don't really see a point in that. Um, I, and I get Les, or Lashley being injured probably played a part in maybe them doing that. But uh, I, I I didn't see a whole point in Lesnar being involved in this match. You know, honestly, it yeah, it yeah. feels kind of um, I don't know. I I just I feel like they could have gone a different route with this uh, championship and where it was going into Mania and some of the people that they actually have on Raw. That maybe this title could have been theirs for you know going into mania but i mean uh, that all being said i'm actually really interested in the match between reigns and uh lesnar i think i'm really uh, i'm more interested in the match this year between those two than i've been for like the previous matches that they've had yeah, the well, the one at thirty-one I thought was really good. That match itself, and I, I, I don't necessarily know if I was like interested per se in it or as interested, but the match wound up I thought really being really good. Mm-hmm. Um, the second one between Nam at Mania, not so much. Um, neither story nor uh, the match itself. But this, in terms of the story, I we've talked about it. I think the story's been fantastic. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. I will say, like, I, I agree with you in that sense of I don't know necessarily that Lesnar needed to be in the match. I will say a couple things that are intriguing about it coming out of it that I do like. One is I wonder if this means, like, an end again because they've done this before but an end to the brand split um in a sense as far as the world title goes do they unify them i could see some benefit to that Mm -hmm. um because i feel like their main event scene right now really only is strong across maybe the both of the shows not as much as each having their own main event scene. It's a little bit weak when you have it split across both shows. So I could see some benefit there and some like whether it was, well, Lashley was going to end up losing it because he's injured and all right, they got Lesnar going into it. I kind of hope that they keep it like this and like go the direction of unification um and it it does it you know and it it, even without that though it does add that sense of intrigue now into it because i'm really like who is going to win this is this finally going to be the thing that unseats uh reigns um from his title Mm -hmm. or the other part of the story is Reigns hasn't defeated Lesnar at Mania before. Right. So 
do they keep this going? Yeah, you could say 31 was because Rollins cashed in. So in a technical sense, he didn't win. But mm-hmm. like the other time that they faced off, he hasn't defeated them before in that in that way at Mania. I mean, he's defeated them at other points, right? But I, it, it there is a sense of intrigue. Sure. Um, so that's what I kind of mean coming out of this event out of Elimination Chamber, the event itself was very, like, very, very mediocre to me. Um, But, and, like, kind of, eh. Like, not really all that good. Um, But it does lend itself to um, Mania being kind, being pretty interesting. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, I I think, I mean, so far, what we've seen as far as matches that have been announced for Mania, I would say the Reigns and Lesnar match is probably the most intriguing to me. And yeah. that shocks the fuck out of me, honestly. Yeah. Because, I mean, I, both I'm, Reigns, I've been a really huge fan of his run with the Universal title. But oh, yeah. you put Lesnar into that mix, cool. and I've been kind of mad about but. Um, this, this whole run and this story, I'm, I'm probably hyped for that the most out of what they've announced thus far. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes. Yeah. Um, but we've talked about this version of Lesnar. I've enjoyed, uh, since I think he's doing a, he's doing a good job in kind of like, in just being, there's there's a weird charisma that's coming out of him uh, of late. Sure. Um, yeah, just being different, being I, just it against is. the grain, just being something else, you know? And we've talked about it, too. He's on every show now. Like, that. <laughs> it's, so, it's so weird. It's so, like, back to, like, the point when he was, like, first in wwe like that in 2002 2003 and into 04 i mean he's on every show and that makes such a huge difference i think in fan response to him um and just like his like I don't know. He's just oddly like I, I, and it's not like what he's wearing, but it's just it's 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 oddly interesting. The cowboy hat and the uh, whole like, I, you know, overall. You're getting like more of who he is, yeah, in this, in this um, gimmick than uh, like a character that he's portraying on television. You're getting more of like a person. I think people are kind of relating to it more. So it kind of helps. It it does. So maybe it is a little, you're right. Maybe it is a little bit around what he's wearing in a weird sense, because I mean, what have we seen him in UFC shorts and that kind of thing? That's what we've seen. And and very quiet. And Paul Heyman is doing the promos. Now we're seeing Paul or uh, Brock Lesnar without Paul Heyman. He's, doing pretty well on promos and he's kind of showing more personality and we get a little bit more like, okay, this is the Brock Lesnar that like has like a farm in I think Saskatchewan and 
is a little bit more of like this is the guy like this is the, mm-hmm. this is this guy that we're getting to see mm-hmm. so you you hit the nail there i think is that like there's a little bit more to him that i think strikes people as a bit more interesting so um i i it is lending itself to i i'm looking forward to uh this match between the two of them right all right well so we've been talking like uh wrestlemania and the build to wrestlemania and of this year but why don't we kick into uh what we've been closing uh the recent episodes uh of wwo with um but our WrestleMania Rewind Rewatch. And yep. uh, this this week's episode, we have five matches that we're going to talk about. And uh, we'll kind of, we'll go through these matches. So if you listen to our previous episode, you got uh, our thoughts on five matches from WrestleMania 1 through WrestleMania 5. So that brings us up to WrestleMania 6, Sean. And from WrestleMania 6, we are talking uh, Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man, versus Jake the Snake Roberts. Yep. And uh, I just want to bring up uh, Uncle Google and uh, bring up the WrestleMania stuff because I'd like to to have that on the uh, forefront. Uh, So WrestleMania 6 was uh, from uh, the Sky Dome in Toronto. Uh, in 1990, and uh, I gotta say, I did write some notes. I, I, I don't know why I like to do this, but like before I get into the match that we're gonna watch, I always like to watch like the intro of the event itself. And I thought that the I thought that the uh, on my notes, um, the opener to the event with McMahon was really funny. Like oh, like the at the very beginning, yeah, yeah. Oh, like, like yeah. where like there's like the star, like the um, the uh, what are they constellations? Constellations. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of amusing, like in his uh, his gravitas. It's like these two. <laughs> yeah, it was. It, 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 if you're gonna go back and watch rewatch WrestleManias. Just watch these opening things that McMahon does because they're sometimes they're really freaking amusing. I don't even know what it is that he said, but I remember that like in the past of going through and what rewatching this mania or rewatching like Hogan and Warrior like we did mm-hmm. last year. And I remember like watching that like opening piece. And <laughs> it really it really is. But um yeah, I I always found that pretty entertaining. Uh so this um this match um I I did watch like the pre uh pre-match package that they had for it, which I thought was great building yeah. up to the match. They did a really nice job like uh highlighting everything that was happening and that built to the match. It was good and it went back like a number of months too. And Ted had just debuted what became like a really big part of his uh, gimmick was the million dollar belt, I believe. Like, uh, yeah, 
He yeah. had just debuted that, I think, on the Brother Love show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, I mean, they built through all of that. And then, of course, you, you cut from the pre-match package to, like, the pre-match uh, promos. And, oh, my God, Jake's was great on this yeah. one. Really nice promo. As always, everything you would expect from a Jake the Snake Roberts promo. Just intense. Mm-hmm. You, you listen to him. He's speaking, like, somewhat softly, but yet with, like, so much conviction and intensity. And it's and just... Engaging. Yeah. Like, you're, you're cued in to every word that he is saying. And... Mm-hmm. Just I it, it just a master of it. Like and and DiBiase is no slouch either. Um oh no, no, but mic, like but DB yeah, Jake Roberts is fantastic in this promo. They should show this one to people that are trying to become professional wrestlers to show them how a promo should be done. Yeah, yeah. Like if you're looking to, I mean, especially a character that isn't like a, and it's so interesting because so much in the mid to late eighties, early nineties was very much like the promos were big and over the top and loud screaming, like Mm -hmm. very like (laughs) these intense characters and nothing, nothing, not you know, saying anything wrong with that because they're very memorable in that way. But here is a guy that is just doing the complete polar opposite of that. And we've known that about Jake Roberts, but if this just hit that point home uh, and right. emphasized yep. it. Um, and DiBiase in that same way, though. Like, I mean, he was a heel, like cocky heel, that laugh, the, you know, just... You know, you know how much of a fan I am of Ted DiBiase. Like he, uh, I mean, he was just—he was so fantastic in this character. Um, and Jake was a good foil for him in that way. I think in the promo, he kind of alluded to like you know, just uh, like uh, Jake was talking about like Ted, uh, you know, demeaning other people and like people being subservient to him and that kind of thing. And, and, you know, it, it just, it, it added that layer to it. Um, so I thought this was great. It set the stage before the match. I mean, it was like part of the match, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and, uh, and I, th- yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, that's basically, I mean, I, I thought oh, okay. it really did like a nice job of like, um, being, you know, a, a, a part of the overall, like, you know, heat with this match was kind of the story, the build up, the lead in to it, you know, even regardless of what the in-ring action was. Right. Right. Yeah. I could, yeah, I. I could definitely see that. Um, that being said, I thought that this match um, actually kind of was fast-paced to start. Like, it it really kind of it flowed. Like, just, it was, they were just 
from the get-go, they were just like into it. That's interesting you put that because I had in my notes that it was like a, a bit like slower pace. Oh, uh, to start. Well, to start, but then it picked up that there were some like that there was some classic like you know wrestling of what you'd expect between these two, but then like where it needed to. I found that it like it popped the crowd and kept it like going and the the, the intrigue, um, and it, it moved into a little bit of a faster pace. Maybe again a little bit more, like you said, than what you'd expect between these two. You know, this wasn't like Tito Santana and Rick Martel or Shawn Michaels out there. This was, you know, Jake Roberts and Ted DiBiase out there. You know, right. and not. You know, not saying it was, you know, those guys are like Earthquake or, you know, King Kong Bundy, but (laughs) they they were guys that maybe like, you know, you know, when you think like, oh, well, fast paced, like maybe not as much, but um, I, I, I did, I liked the flow of it. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Um. So the other thing that I, I, I mean, and you kind of mentioned it, is I felt these guys just work so well together. It was almost like a symbiotic relationship where, like, they just were so, like, in tune with each other in the course of the match. Like, it just, like, you just watch it and you're just like, man, this is just, this is a fucking master class just watching this. Like, these two yeah. guys are just, I mean, like, right on point with each other. And it was it was it was kind of nice and refreshing to watch like how good these guys were working with each other. Yeah. And I gotta think, I mean, these guys probably worked with each other before. I mean Well, one of the things I mean I mean people know about WrestleMania is is they kind of um you know like when you when you go see a band and they uh they kind of like uh, they they play some songs that aren't on an album yet, and they're kind of just working working them out before like they actually yeah. record them for uh, a new a new album. Like I know we saw like for instance like Derek Trucks Band, they did that for a number of years. Oh where yeah, they would just they would try some songs out and just play through them, and then kind of work through them live, and then record them in studio. WWF at this time kind of did the same thing where is if you went to the house shows leading up to Mania you were probably going to see like some of the components of the matches that were at Mania occur at those house shows yeah and it was those guys kind of working on what they were going to present at WrestleMania um, and to kind of work through it and see how the crowd reacted to stuff that they were doing. And then once they, once they had it honed in, that is what they were going to present for the WrestleMania match. Granted, you may not get the finish when you went to see them in Poughkeepsie, but if you did, you know, if you went to the Mania match, you would see some of the stuff that you saw in Poughkeepsie, you know, at the mania match. Yeah. It's kind of intriguing how they would work that. Yeah. Uh, You know, it's so interesting for this era too. like, I mean, I just, you know, and it takes, it's fun to go back and look at this with like, 
you know, guys that obviously were very like good and like came up through um, some of the, you know, the uh, territories and, you know, I mean, I'm still in the midst of my mid Atlantic uh, rewatch in like 82 and like, I'm in the midst of 82, 83, like, and, and Jake Roberts is there. Um, and you see a young Jake Roberts and obviously I think like, you know, Teddy Biosity pops up in like mid South and everything. And you see those guys just work their way through and then get these characters, but they're just so polished by mm-hmm. this point and these characters that they have and DiBiase just has so much heat. Like just the people are just, booing the hell out of him and he's just so good with it he was just uh, just a fantastic fantastic heel right yeah um and jake was i mean just always over i mean you know you you it's so funny because you'd hear it in this match and then even as recent as and it's funny i laughed at it like um, as recent as just a week or so ago on AEW, when uh, during that Texas Death Match with Paige and uh, Archer, um, and people calling out DDT, you know, and people were doing that there um, at the Sky. Mm-hmm. And it's just so funny how hugely over Jake the Snake Roberts was. I mean, undoubtedly one of the most popular guys that they had. Oh, sure. um, at that time and it's a, it it just says so much to me about like you know this era and like going back and uh, again you you know you could have matches like this that were just classically paced and they didn't need a lot of bells and whistles or a lot of the things that i maybe have some gripes with these days to really draw the crowd in. So um, I I did have some like notes written down that were sort of things like that happened during the match, but not necessarily related to the uh, wrestlers. I I did make note of the crowd doing the wave uh, during the match. Oh yeah, that I didn't really care for. I didn't know if like the crowd was like not feeling the match or if they were just like hyped to be there or, or what. Um, but I mean, very infrequently do you get like where nowadays where they might call attention to that, um, and, and Ventura called attention to it. Um, I think one of the rough things about that, about that event was that was match number 12 out of 15. Yeah, it was a so, long. Yeah, that's a that's a long and a lot a large number of matches on a card. So I think maybe the fans were getting a little restless. Yeah, yeah, I I feel like maybe they were, and like the match wasn't get uh maybe wasn't given completely its due, um, for that point, and then like. <laughs> The banter again. I mean, I've I've remarked about it. The banter between Venture and Monsoon, mm-hmm. and like this one, they were like it was like arguing, and Ventura and uh, kept going on about like how many hot dogs 
uh, monsoon had eaten. Um, and I just found it funny because like some, <laughs> sometimes they were just so much in the thick of their arguing that I'm like, did these two guys, did they like each other? Like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. That's kind it, of funny. It was that just kind of funny. Those. That was something I remarked because, like, the hot dog thing kept coming up yep. during, during the match. Um, but yeah, I, I, I did like this one. I thought, I thought this was a solid, uh, solid match. Um, I, I liked the match overall. Um, I thought the ending was kind of, uh, but. I also get the fact that the million dollar championship, the million dollar title was never going to change hands. No. I mean, it did eventually, but not it wasn't going to change though. it wasn't going to change hands at this point. No, um, not at being freshly introed. Right. Uh so I gave this match a rating of uh 7 out of 10. I was right there with you, yeah. Um yep. I did like, I mean, Jake got the payoff after the match. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was, you know, he got he got his revenge. He got the revenge with a snake. And then of note, and I don't know if you had this on your notes, but somebody famous got a $100 bill in the audience. Yep, Mary Tyler know. Moore. Mary Tyler Moore, yeah. Yeah, yep. so that, that was kind of fun. And, uh, yeah, I mean, not a bad match. Not a bad match to oh. cap off our... Uh, or start off our uh, our run of the next round of matches. I enjoyed that one. And this is, uh, yeah. And I mean, that was just like that example that what how worth it it is to like watch the, the like the build or like the hype and the the promo beforehand uh, to get a sense of it uh, because I think that helped even that much more elevate the the match um, and how much I you know enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Um, so next one, if we want to move on was, uh, from WrestleMania seven. Yeah. Um, we chose, uh, big boss man versus Mr. Perfect. Um, yeah. Um, I like the, I like the promos prior to the match, uh, both from big boss man and from, uh, Bobby, the brain Heenan and Mr. Perfect. I thought the promos were, uh, I thought the promos were great um, leading into this match. And I think he, what Heenan had uh, taken some like personal shots or whatever at uh, what Bossman's yeah. family. That was part of it. Right. Um, yep. And that was kind of like a, a part of like this feud. So like, you know, Mr. Perfect was probably one of those that like, he didn't necessarily need a, a manager and coming in like ne- uh, necessarily need uh, Heenan, but like Bobby Heenan being his manager, um, it just helped to that much more accentuate it. Um, and like, if you were with Bobby Heenan, you were kind of like in that position of being like a made sort of made guy in that way. Like, I mean, even, even the people that like needed to have a manager, you know, that maybe weren't particularly known for like their strong mic skills, like, Haku or Barbarian, they were more so like guys with like a large presence. Uh, but guys like Rick Rude or or Perfect, um, that were just like they they were already pretty solid on the mic. Um, 
I, I think Heenan added to that presentation for them. Um, so I thought I agreed. I, I like the pre-match promos for this. Um, uh, yeah. Um, another note that I made is I really did enjoy the big boss man's entrance music. Oh yeah. 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 It was great. It was, uh, I hadn't heard it in a while. So it was, it was fun to just kind of hear it. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a good, good entrance music song. I don't know if I necessarily enjoyed this match as much as the previous one. Um, I did, no. I, I did find it kind of funny. Like the, uh, there was a couple of instances during the match where perfect sells like some offense by the boss man and oh, does yeah. these huge flips in the air. And it's just so just fucking like, just like obnoxious. Oh like, yeah. He would do some of the things like I think getting swung into the turnbuckle and do like a ridiculous flip. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was like beyond like what it should have been. Yeah. Um, Henning would do that. Um, but you know, I mean the thing, and, and again, I mean, here's another guy I'm about to say, you know, how much of, uh, you know, a big fan I, uh, was of, uh, or am of, uh, Kurt Henning and like, that's something that we kind of remember. Like, I mean, part of like, you know, a piece of what I remember about, you know, Kurt Henning is like some of those like bumps he wound up taking and they're a little bit ridiculous, but um, it's, it's a piece that stood out. You know, the other piece I wanted to mention, make mention of, cause I don't know if he necessarily, I, I, it gets as uh, much due credit is for like boss man or Bubba or Ray trailer, whatever you want to call it. As far as like, how athletic he was as a bigger guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he really was. And it just, I mean, it evidenced in this match, amongst, like, others. I mean, the guy could move around very, very well, quickly. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I even, I think there was a spot in this match, I'm pretty, I'm, like, 90% certain that it happened in this match that, like, he did something that's so, sort of like you see like modern day, like almost like Baron Corbin do where he like slides out under and then goes around the post and like comes yep. in the other slides under the other end. And he does it so like smooth um, mm-hmm. and quick. Yep. Um, so I just wanted to give like some real credit. I, I, you know, I, I, I think, you know, he's one of those guys that just doesn't like, maybe get enough of like a, a credit or due uh for like um how how good he he really was um Sean's kudos movement of the moment of the week that's <laughs> for big boss man yes um obviously i mean just some bit of things i mean i i marked down like the crowd was all over heenan with the weasel chance i mean in this era and I mean, it, you know, it goes without saying, I guess, in some regard, like, you know, the crowd loved, loved to hate Heenan. Sure. And it was almost sure. at a point where, like, I think it was, it, they liked him so much that it was like a, it was almost like a respectful kind of uh, dislike. Sure. Um, for him. But, um, 
you know, I, yeah, I mean, maybe this one is compared to and maybe not, you know, I mean, the best overall that, you know, these, you know, either of these two um, had. Um, the ending was all right. I mean, the, you know. Yeah, uh, I didn't really care for the finish on this one. Yeah, Andre came out and there was a little bit of an awkward spot, like at the very end, I think in the post-match where like, you know. Andre was or uh, barbarian got swung to the ropes and Andre like tripped him up. Um, mm-hmm. and like, um, I don't think he was expecting to get tripped, <laughs> it was just a little awkward. Sure. Uh, that's what I, I, yeah, I, I thought was okay. Um, I don't know I, where you had this one. I went uh, five and a half out of ten. Uh, I went a little bit higher with like six and a half. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's not too it far could up. just be some bias because I, how much I like Keenan and perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I kind of lowered it down a few points because of the finish. I didn't really care for the finish of it. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. All right. So next one up was WrestleMania eight. And that was, uh, we did Brett, the Hitman Hart versus Roddy Roddy Piper for the, uh, intercontinental, uh, championship. Uh, there's a lot of different matches that you could have picked from this uh, event, um, but I felt like uh, Piper and uh, Piper and Hart was one to like look at. Uh, I mean, a lot of people probably would have gone Savage and Flair, like sure. if they're just picking ones that were not the main event. But I we we I think we both kind of thought that Hart and Piper was a good one to feature. Yeah, um, I liked. Uh, they started out like with like doing like a promo, uh, together in the back. Yeah. And as they were doing the promo, like the temperature kind of rised. Yep. Yeah. Like the kind of the, um, oh gosh, like the, uh, intensity or like the, uh, the, the tension. Yeah. Uh, between them. Uh, definitely, yeah, you, it definitely picked up. Uh, Piper kind of being a little bit like patronizing, mm-hmm. uh, in a sense, towards um, towards Brett. And mm-hmm. uh, it's funny, you know. And I'll, I, you know, obviously, I've mentioned how I'm doing like the rewatch of like Mid Atlantic, and you know, I mean, it, we've seen like you know, of course, Piper promos as a heel. Um, and this is kind of what he does. And like, I mean, he taught, you know, he, he says some things and it just sort of gets under the skin of people, but that's kind of like his character is getting under the skin of people. And that, and he, it was, it was really well done here, uh, but it reminded me so much of like that era of him from like mid Atlantic um, and some of the promos that I'm watching, going back and watching it, I'm like, man, he was just so on, even like back then at that point, he was just so good and knew who he was as a character. Um, but yeah, this, I, I, I did like the, the promo and he's talking about like how he knew Brett since he was a little kid and, um, all of this stuff and like, kind of just, again, very like almost speaking to him as if he's like a child. Um, yeah. And yeah. That I thought was good stuff. Yeah. Uh, the match I thought was great. I, I mean, yeah. these guys work, work so well together. 
Uh, they, I mean, they just, they kind of go back and forth at each other. Some of it's a little bit heelish. Um, Especially on Piper's end. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, during the course of the match, Hurt uh, gets some color, um, which I think was intended. It was on purpose. Um, I'd like there was a sequence where like they trade punches while they're on their knees. That was towards the end of the match. That was great. It, I mean, it just brought up this drama in this match. Yeah. I mean, they, they fit a lot in into like a 14 minute match, but man, did they, they it was just great, man. It was, it was such a good match. It's such an yeah. easy watch. This was I mean, a fun, fun watch. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, and yeah, Piper just being a great heel through it. And I mean, he fed into it so well. I mean, it was just like, you know, and Piper was a fan favorite at this point, but I mean, you could just see how easily like, like, like a, like a well-worn glove, you yeah. know? And I mean, it was kind of based on who he was facing and uh, yeah. Yeah. But like, he just slipped into that so, so seamlessly. Yep. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed this. The ending was great. Um, Piper with like the bell and he's like, you know, he he goes to grab the bell when the ref is knocked out Mm -hmm. and, uh, he, you know, he's contemplating hitting and then like the looks Piper's giving to the crowd and like, he's motioning, like he's gonna hit him and there's that conflict, but he's like, now he's going to whack him with it. Like it was just really good stuff. Really, really um, just fantastic. And then uh, he decides to toss it out. Um, and then I like the unique, like the pin. Um, like I think Piper had uh, Brett in the sleeper and Brett like uh, kind of kicks off from the turnbuckle. Yeah. And sort of does like a modified sort of like a roll up kind of thing and pins uh, Piper's shoulders to the mat. Yeah. Um, and I thought that that was, I thought that was great. I thought that was well done. Yeah. And then a great amount of respect shown between, uh, yeah. Between the two competitors at the end of the match. Uh, yep. I went with an eight out of 10 on this one. You know what? That's exactly what I gave to it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just a great, great overall match. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. So WrestleMania nine. Uh, this is a, this is a tough one to pick a match from because, well, uh, WrestleMania yeah. Nine is kind of tough. Not exactly known as the, the best Mania. It's probably one of the most uh, infamous and uh, least liked uh, Manias that's ever happened. But uh, I mean, I picked what we thought. Um, I I picked you know I picked what I thought was one of the two best matches on the card, um, the other being the tag match between the Head Shrinkers and uh, the Steiner Brothers. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, and you know it's interesting to say that because like those two matches were the first two matches on the card. Uh, this one Tatanka versus Shawn Michaels, and then that tag match. And it's like if you were to watch that. And you know, maybe watch both of those. You're like, okay, this mania is starting off pretty well, and that'll give a little kind of cue in of what I've thought of this match. But then, as you're watching this mania, you're like, 
oh boy okay <laughs> this one isn't going so well um yeah. but uh yeah so tatanka versus Shawn michaels tatanka has uh sensational sherry in uh, his corner um and- well before you get to the match though I, again this is another one of those ones because it was the first match on the card i did watch like the entire opening thing like the yeah. whole oh okay I, I didn't so, yeah, so yeah, you had another classic opening to the pay-per-view. Uh, there's a, some classic moments. Of course, he had Heenan riding in backwards on the camel, which, I mean, they still use that to this day. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of stuff. And then uh, you also had the debut in WWF of good old JR on commentary. Yep, Jim Ross. So you mentioned it, Sean. You had Tatanka... Uh, come down to the ring, and by his side in this match was Sensational Sherry. Yep. Uh, which I had to go back and I had to read some of the storylines to find out what the hell was happening there. And then, um, of course, you had Shawn Michaels come out with the debuting Luna Vachon. Yeah. Yeah. So it all stemmed from a thing with, like, um Shawn Michaels having a a thing where he put um Sherry in the way of him getting hit with uh what with a mirror yeah and that ended up uh basically kind of breaking those two up as being like a partnership right wasn't that by Marty Jannetty too I believe so it was during that phase when like Marty Jannetty left uh, because of drug issues, and then came back, and I think maybe he was going to be originally the opponent at Mania, but you know he had more issues, and it it just ended up being a whole mess. Yeah. Um, but it then all led to Sherry uh, becoming uh, a fan favorite, and in the corner of Tatanka, of all people. Yeah. And Tatanka at this point was actually undefeated. Yeah. He wouldn't, uh, well, he wouldn't end up losing until uh, he faced uh, Ludwig Borga. Huh. Wow. There's a name. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, this, this is a match for the Intercontinental title. Um, and, uh, I, you know, I, I mean, the, the big story of this match really was uh, Sherry and Sean, I feel. Like, uh, the, the relationship between them and, uh, you know, how stuff was going to go uh, between the two of them. And, like, uh, Tataka and Luna were just kind of like pawns in this match. Right, right. And I didn't remember, like, how much, like, more involvement there was. Uh, you know, I didn't look at stuff after um, around this of how much more involvement there was between Tatanka and Sherry after following this. There there was still some, like, after after Mania. Because I, okay. I looked it up, yeah. It was, there There was quite a, there was quite a bit, like, throughout the spring and into the summer. Between okay, the okay. Um, 
and, and then I assume too there was probably I mean matches or whatever between uh, Luna and Sherry. Maybe to a point. I, I I'm not sure on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I mean, some of this some of this match was good. There, I mean, they, it went back and forth between them. Uh, I, I I felt like Tatanka got like huge reactions from the crowd. Yeah. Um. I mean, they were really into him. I mean, he even did like a. a there was a spot where he almost did like almost like a hulking up kind of thing when he would do his dance around the ring. Yeah. That was basically kind of him hulking up. I mean, I, I I'm surprised he wasn't more of a star than what he was because he seemed to have a pretty big following. Yeah, I mean, he got really good uh, reaction, and I thought, overall, I thought he looked quite good in this. Uh, both did. Um, there was a lot of, I, I had the same type of uh, noting of uh, good back and forth. Um, I, yeah, I, I thought this was solid all around. Um, I mean, I know it was like a count out uh, victory. Yeah. Um. But I thought this was probably, like I said, I mean, uh, you know, we kind of said with the, like the other match that followed this, like probably the two best matches on this card. Um, I, but yeah, I, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty, uh, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. I, I thought the finish was kind of clunky. Um, it, it, it was good. Like, I, I mean, it was so kind of weird and screwy. Like just, uh, you didn't know what happened really. Yeah. It was kind of very confusing to me. Um, I, it's tough to describe it really, but, um, uh, yeah, I mean, it wasn't bad to me. I, it wasn't great. I, I went six out of 10 on it. I went a seven. I thought, like, uh, I mean, maybe the finish, like, uh, I could see as being something that kind of took away from it. But I thought, like, otherwise, like, the in-ring action between the two I thought was really good. And I enjoyed the back and forth. And there was some, like, points where, I mean, there was some, like, uh, you know, maybe, like, closer, like, uh, near falls and things like that that I thought, like, were well used in this. So I thought this was a good, like, athletic uh, type of match. Yeah. Um, and then of but, course, yeah. uh, at the end of it, Sherry got attacked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, not too bad, but I mean, I, I think it could have been better, but I mean, of the matches on this card, it was one of the better ones. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. Okay. So finally for this, for this episode, anyway, we're at WrestleMania 10. We decided to watch Owen Hart versus Bret Hart, brother versus brother, mm -hmm. uh, from Madison Square Garden. Um, oh my God, uh, great match! Um, a couple of things though before we get to the match itself, uh, we had another great uh, opener of Vince McMahon in the ring at the beginning of the oh, beginning yeah. of the event. Uh, welcoming everybody to wrestlemania and then also little richard singing america the beautiful i'm pretty and sure from what i remember very much like lip syncing uh singing 
singing <laughs> America the Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, man, uh, I, I again, uh, you know, WWE does one thing, they do one thing right all the time is they give you great recaps of the storylines and where things have come from and how they've happened, where we've gotten to the point where we're at. Right. And how they did that. Work. They did that with this um with this match and with the with, with the story and everything. I uh, just phenomenal. Like from the mo- the Survivor Series moment all the way through them reconciling on superstars to them challenging for the tag team titles all the way up to this point. Yeah. Just perfect. Just absolutely perfect. Um, and then you get this match, which is just, I mean, it's perfection on perfection. I mean, you get the build, which was great. And then you have this match, which was just, I mean, it's a masterclass, Sean. in uh everything that's great about wrestling and everything about the build and how these guys were working this match and everything that occurred in it it was perfect yeah Yeah. no complaints about this one at all yeah i thought this was fantastic actually i had one complaint about this match was it uh owen hart's like uh like spittle on his uh that grossed me out at the end nope (laughs) if there's one thing i would change about this match what Vince McMahon on commentary? <laughs> oh, he's awful. He is so fucking horrible. Um, I mean, uh, they had to have somebody else that could have called this match. He was just bad. Uh, but I mean, minor, minor, minor quibble as far as that goes. Yeah. I, if there's a match to watch from WrestleMania 10, arguably, I would say this is the match to watch. Other people might go the ladder match. Uh, yeah, between uh, Sean and Razor, but I I would probably go this match. Yeah, nine and a half times out of ten. Yeah, I yeah, but I I agree. I think this you know, and and the the key of this too so much is it not just not only it's sort of like the icing on the cake with it being just so good in ring. Um. That that's the added. That's the icing on the cake, or the cherry on top, or whatever food-related uh, analogy, uh, analogy you want to use. But the story, so like how we got here, and you said it, like uh, the the recap. But like just remembering that there was that great build, and over the course of several months, that we finally got to this moment just so well done and i i loved uh that you know that storyline and that it went from here too like it it you know it didn't just stop at mania like it went from here and it was just it was such a well done storyline and then the match itself was fantastic um I mean, arguably, I mean, and it's been called, and I think it deserves this hype. It's been called probably the best, like, opener match to a WrestleMania ever. Um, I think it's very deserving of that hype. Um, There's been some other really great ones. um, But this, I think, has had all the pieces to it, all the moving pieces. 
um, that I thought really made this one a classic. Um, yeah. Uh, and I, th I thought Owen winning was really good. I mean, it, it kind of, uh, you know, I, I think that played into the story well. Oh, absolutely. It cast some doubt, you know, around like, okay, is Bret Hart going to be able to bounce back from this later in the night, you know, when he uh, mm -hmm. goes to, you know, um, you know, uh, challenge for the title. Like, um, mm -hmm. it, cast, it definitely cast some of that doubt. And I thought um, that played into it so well. It built up Owen nicely. They would go on to have a classic cage match with the, with each other. Um, it it was just so so, so good, um, and, and you know everything about it just well paced. The um, you know some some good high flying, some uh, mat wrestling, just some fantastic stuff here. Um, I, yeah, I can't say enough good things about this match. So I went, uh, I went nine and a half out of ten. It only I, gets I, it, it gets knocked down a half a point because of McMahon on commentary. <laughs> I I mean I I could see easily going to that. I mean I I sort of picked a number. I went nine and a quarter, but I I could just as easily like go higher than that even mm -hmm. um, for this. I thought this was uh, this was excellent. I. I I I'm glad we picked this one or that you had picked this one because like this was, this was a treat to watch. All right. So that, that concludes our WrestleMania rewatch rewind uh, for this episode, but to preview for uh, the next episode, we'll give you the matches that we're going to watch on that next episode. So uh, from WrestleMania 11, you're going to have us watch, uh, discuss uh, Diesel versus Shawn Michaels. Yeah. From WrestleMania 12, Rowdy Rowdy Piper versus Goldust. Mm-hmm. Uh, from WrestleMania 13, uh, is it Bret? Is it Bret Hart? Yeah. Austin? Okay. So I, I just had Hart with uh, Bret Hart versus uh, Steve Austin. Uh, and then from WrestleMania 14. We have Triple H versus Owen Hart. From WrestleMania 15, we have Kane versus Triple H. Uh, WrestleMania 16, Sean. We're going to watch the Triangle Ladder match. Between what? Uh, Edge and Christian versus the Hardys versus uh, the Dudleys. Yeah. Uh, Sean, what about WrestleMania 17? We got Kurt Angle versus uh, Chris Benoit. Ooh, can we watch a Benoit match? I guess I, we can. Yeah, I think we can. Uh, yeah. And then WrestleMania 18, we've got The Undertaker versus Ric Flair. Oh, that should be a dandy. Yeah, that, um, I really enjoy that one. That's a really great match. Um, one that I'm the, really looking forward to from WrestleMania 19, Sean. Oh, we yeah. Got we got the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels versus Chris Jericho. And interestingly, at that point, uh, Shawn Michaels making his return to WrestleMania after uh, uh, several years. Yeah. 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 So th that'll be fun to watch. That's a really good one. And then uh, WrestleMania 20, we've got Eddie Guerrero versus Kurt Angle. 
Oh, yeah. So that should be a fun 10 matches that we're going to talk about uh, on our next episode. Uh, stay tuned for that, and uh, stay tuned for what we have coming. Of course, we got AEW Revolution coming up here in a matter of a week. So you're gonna, we're gonna talk about that coming up, and uh, oh my gosh, man, so much. We're we're gonna we're gonna just keep pressing along, Sean. We're we said we're gonna keep the episodes flowing, and here we are, and we're doing it. Yep, for better or for worse, whether you guys like it or not, we're here. Whether you like it or you don't like it, learn to love it. It's the greatest thing going today. Woo! There you go. All right, Sean, well, why, why don't you get us out of here for tonight? All right. The preceding podcast has been paid for by the Wrestling World Order. All right. Well, you guys all have a good night. We'll see you next time. Oh, Bye. you know what I should have done? I should have said, and we'll see you at the matches. Oh. That would have been a good uh, closer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, maybe. Maybe, maybe next maybe. time. We probably won't see you at the matches. Well, we'll see you anyway. All right. Have a good night, everybody.